This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh. Hello there, and welcome to a very special Squiz Kids Q&A, part of our ongoing series of interviews with people in the news, where you, the kids of Australia, get to ask the questions. I'm Amanda Bauer. If you're like me and millions of other people all over Australia, you've been twiddling your thumbs a bit since the Tokyo Summer Olympics ended. You've been eager for some more international sporting action to get underway. Well, good news. The Paralympic Games open on August 24. And here at Squiz Kids, we're delighted that three-time goalball Paralympian Tian Taylor has agreed to take the Squiz Kids Q&A hot seat just before she jets off to Japan. Tian, welcome to Squiz Kids. Hi, thank you. Thank you everyone for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. And we're excited to have you. And we had lots of Squiz Kids sending questions for you. We wish we could have asked you them all, but we've got a great selection. Are you ready to jump right in? I certainly am. I'm looking forward to these questions. So this first question, we had lots of kids ask and we picked Joe to record it for us. Hi, Tian. This is Joe from Sydney and I'm six years old. I'm wondering, what is goalball? Also, this is my favourite question. Um, The game of goalball is played by people who have a vision impairment and we play with a ball that weighs 1.25 kilos and has bells inside. The idea is your team of three have to throw the ball as fast as you can along the ground, try and get it past the people at the other end into the goals. But the catch is... Everyone wears a blindfold, so you have to use your hearing. So it's a pretty unique sport. It's almost as if Pippa was listening to that answer and then had a follow-up question. Take it away, Pippa. Hi, Tian. My name is Pippa. I'm eight years old and I'm from Melbourne. My question is, how do you know where the other players are and where the girls are? You definitely have to rely on your teammates. So we do a lot of communicating, so a lot of talking to each other, um, letting our players know when we have the ball um, or if we're going to pass the ball to our teammates, we will say their name first so they know it's coming. And the goals that we have are one and a half metres tall. So when we go to throw the ball, we actually use our backs and we use our backs against the goalposts um, and across, uh, across the crossbar so we know which way we're facing. And to make it even a little bit easier, all the lines on the, a goalball court are actually what we call tactile. So they're pieces of rope with tape over the top. So us as players, we can feel the court so we know which way we are and where our positions are. You said that made it easier, but it still sounds really tricky to me. Holly from Graceville, I think, might be feeling a little bit like me. Hi, Tian. My name is Holly. I am 11 years old and I'm from Graceville. My question is, what do you think is the most difficult part about playing goalball? I think the most difficult part about playing goalball, um, for me when I started, was because even though I have a vision impairment, I still have 10% vision remaining, which I do use every day. So being under blindfold and being not being able to see absolutely nothing um, was quite challenging in the beginning. Um, and I think as well, because you're blindfolded, so you have your eyes closed, 
nose the whole time you're playing. So concentrating and listening to the bells of the ball for the whole game can be quite quite hard, especially when you get start getting a bit tired towards the end of a game. So I, I'd say concentrating for that full pretty much 55 minutes um, for the game it is quite challenging. Now, Johnny has an idea about something else that could be challenging about a game played with a blindfold. Hi, Tian. My name is Johnny. I am 11 years old and I'm from Cannon Hill. My question is, what's the worst injury you've ever gotten playing goalball and how did it happen? Yeah, that's a great question, Johnny. So the worst injury I ever got was back in 2011 and um, we were playing and the ball went loose off a player. So it hit her and the ball went up into the air. Um, And so I dove to try and block the ball from the goals, but because I have my blindfold on, I didn't know exactly where I was. So when I dove for the ball, my wrist actually went straight into the corner post and I bent my wrist back and I um, ripped the tendons and ligaments in my wrist. So I did a pretty good job, but I did save the goal. So that was good. <laughs> um, but it, <laughs> we do get a couple of bruises from the ball because it some, comes so quickly at us. But yeah, that would be my worst injury so far. Wow. Yeah, that would hurt. Now, Eli from Hopetown Park in WA is curious about how you got started on this pathway. Eli, let's hear it. My question is, what motivated you to do goalball and become a Paralympian? Yeah, so my goalball journey actually started pretty much the age of, um, you know, probably most of you listening today. So at the age of 10, I went um, with my school and I watched the Paralympics at Sydney 2000 um, when the Paralympics were on. And that's when I first saw goalball. And I thought to myself, I'm the only one in my family that has a vision impairment. And I'd never known of any sport for people with vision impairment. So when I saw goalball, I just thought, this is the coolest sport. Like it's designed for people just like me. So I was really interested in playing and I told my nan all about it when I got home. And I said to her, I want to, one day I'm going to go to the Paralympics and I want to play goalball. And you made that happen three times. Hamish from Exeter Public School has a question for you about your disability. The Paralympics um, cater to people with lots of different disabilities. Hamish, why don't you ask your question? Hi, Tian. My name is Hamish. My question is, were you born visually impaired or did you become so later on and how has that changed your life? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, was actually born with my vision impairment. So I was diagnosed when I was six months old. Um, And I'm the only person in my family that has a vision impairment. So there's no record of anyone else in my family that has one. Um, So I I think for me, it's changed my life because it's given me the opportunity to, you know, not only obviously compete at three Paralympics, like that's just incredible, but it's also opened lots of different opportunities for me to meet people with different disabilities um, and have that connection with people that we understand some of the hurdles that we have to come across and I really like it too because it allows me to educate people that may not have a disability that want to learn and understand about it so I've been really fortunate to be able to do that Um, but I definitely 
yeah, I definitely grew up with two older sisters and I um, have kept up with them as best as I can. And I'm, I'm a very strong believer in it doesn't matter what your ability is, whether you have a disability or whether you find something a little bit tricky to learn, that if you keep at it, there's always a way to get around things. That's an amazing attitude to have. The students at Our Lady of the Angels in Wavell Heights have a really great question for you about growing up with a disability. Hi, Tian. My name's Akansha and I'm 10 and a half years old. And my question is, when you were young, were you made fun of your disability? Yeah, when I was younger, I did actually get made fun of um, for having a disability. So when people, when you look at me, I don't use a cane or I don't have a guide dog. Um, So if you put me in a crowd of people, you probably wouldn't know um, first off that I have a disability. But when you actually look at me, my eyes shake constantly back and forth. So I have a condition called nystagmus. Um, And because my eyes wobble all the time, um, at school, a lot of people used to call me crazy eyes and and I used to use um, a monocular. So it's kind of like binoculars to read the board. Um, So some people used to pick on me for that. Um, But I think as I've gotten older, I've understood that, you know, sometimes people will say, say mean things to us or will pick on us a little bit. Um, but that's just because they don't understand. You know, it's interesting when I first qualified for London in 2012, um, a lot of people who did pick on me in high school, actually a few of them sent me a message and said, hey, we're really sorry that back then I really didn't understand um, about your vision impairment and I've read your story now and, you know, I, I think what you're doing is really amazing. So, uh, yeah, that that sort of resonated with me and, you know, I think – before you judge someone or before you pick on someone, maybe maybe have a think about why why you want to do that and maybe you should ask them in a nice way um, to, to understand a bit more. That is really great advice. Uh, Tian, the Our Lady of the Angel students had another question for you that I think is a great one. Hi, Tian. My name is Johan and I'm 10 years old. My question is, what has been your favourite Paralympics? Rio and London were so different from each other. Um, for London, I think the f- my favourite highlight was, um, I guess it was my first one, so I was so excited. And we got to walk out in the opening ceremony, which was really absolutely amazing. So work- walking out with the Australian team um, to a stadium absolutely packed full of people and everyone cheering for you um, was definitely an experience I I hadn't had before. Um, So that was really cool. And I went around, my coach walked me around the stadium and I had a little koala and I picked a girl out, a little girl out of the crowd and and got her down and I handed her the koala and, and that was a really cool, exciting thing. Um, so a little girl in, in the UK now has a little koala from Australia. So that was really cool. I bet she reminded you a little bit of you when you went to see the Paralympics back in Sydney when you were a kid. Yeah, she definitely did. Is there a certain Paralympian who comes to mind who you think is just the the best Australia's ever had or the best the world's ever seen? Um, Kurt Fernley, I think, is absolutely incredible. He's retired now, but he um, did the marathon marathon um, when he competed and he also, so he's in a wheelchair, and he also did the Kokoda Trail um, on his hands. So I thought, yeah, so he, he crawled 
the whole thing. And I think that was just absolutely incredible to read his story. Um, so if you get a chance, I would really recommend everyone look up Kurt Fernley and just his story of how he crawled the Kokoda Trail. Not only is he an amazing Paralympian, but to do that as well, that was very exciting to see. I will definitely put a link into our episode notes about Kurt. Um, now, Cordelia in Canberra has a question about these upcoming games, um, and I'm sure it's one that, that lots of athletes have been thinking about and dealing with. Hi, Tian. My name is Cordelia. I'm 11 years old and I'm from Canberra. My question is, how did you feel when you found out the Paralympics would be delayed by a year due to the pandemic? It was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. Um, first, I was in a lot of shock um, because I have been training, you know, for the for the past four years for this event. I think I was a bit sad as well. Um, but I also, um, after a couple of days, I also then got excited. I got excited because they didn't say that they were cancelled and we weren't able to go. Um, and I got excited because it gave me and my team 12 more months to train and to improve even better. So now I'm even more excited to see what each and every Paralympian has has to show. And we've seen at the Olympics that just were on that, you know, even though there has been a delay by a year, there were still some really, really incredible moments. So I'm really excited to see what the Paralympics have in store for everyone. Absolutely. Have the lockdowns impacted your preparation and training? All our team members are all on the east coast of Australia. So we have a few in Queensland, couple of us in New South Wales and one in Victoria with our coach so for us to get together um, as a group um, for for a while there was quite difficult with all the borders closing so it's been interesting to play a team sport but have to train individually quite a lot so at the moment I um, had to relocate so I, I'm not in Sydney at the moment and I've had to go into a bubble with some of my teammates and we've been training and just training and staying at home so then we can go to what we call our staging camp in another state. So it has been has been a bit tricky because we can't get to the gym because of lockdown. So we've had to um, make up and improvise some things and do a home gym as best as we can. And we've been very grateful for online learning and online gym workouts and all those things that everyone's discovering in lockdown, but it has been a, a little bit challenging. So I'm really excited to get back with my team next week and, and um, yeah, get over to Tokyo. Now, Tiana, I know that's all you have time for today because you need to do that. You need to pack your bag and get to Tokyo. We are really excited to see you on our TVs wearing the green and gold, and we hope that you'll be able to pack a little extra gold to bring home with you. It's been a real privilege talking to you today. Thank you so much for taking the Squiz Kids hot seat. No worries. Thank you guys so much. And thank you each and every one of you for sending in some awesome questions. I love it. And I really hope one day I can come back on with you guys and have another Q&A. We'd love to have you. Now, will you do the honours? So now get out there and have the most excellent day. Over and out. Squeeze Kids is proudly supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh.